Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jason Alder from AB Motorsports, and you're listening to the Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the August 2nd edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 146 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, we'll be reviewing this past weekend of racing, discussing the Xfinity series, NHRA, and seeing whatever other motorsports information pops into the conversation. Our first guest this evening is Max Coleman, who is just off his start in the U.S. Cellular 250 at Iowa Speedway for from Coleman Walker Racing CWR, a team who will attempt to compete in a minimum of three Xfinity Series races beginning with Saturday afternoon's Coleman Walker Racing is owned and operated by Steve Coleman, the successful entrepreneur and business partner Jim and business partners Jim and Neil Walker. Sports car standout and rookie Arca Series presented by Menards rookie Max Tillman will drive the team's number 26 Ford Mustang at Iowa, Las Vegas, and Kansas Speedway. Longtime partners Zumi and Miota will support the team's effort. Tillman continues his stock car foray after competing regularly for the past few years in sports car teams across the United States and Canada, including the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge. The Chester Springs, Pennsylvania native also has three NASCAR K&M Pro Series West, KMP SW starts to his credit. Last season driving for Jefferson Pitts Racing, his success includes two top ten finishes in the three starts, delivering a career best ninth place after after ninth place result at Kern County South Speedway in November 2017. Veteran motorsports crew chief Doug Richard, who led Dale Earnhardt Sr. to his first Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series championship in 1980, will oversee the efforts and serve as crew chief for Tillman. This season, Richard has been instrumental in the success of three top ten finishes for Tillman in ARCA, including back-to-back six-place finishes at Daytona International Speedway and Talladega Speedway, driving for Mason Mitchell Motorsports. Coleman Tony believes his prior experience at Iowa should be beneficial for his expected Xfinity Series debut Saturday afternoon. Steve Coleman says he's excited about this next chapter for TWR. Earlier this season, Max Tillman also made his NASCAR Kemper World Truck Series debut for Young's Motorsports at Chicagoland Speedway. He has a minimum of two additional races on his truck series schedule, including Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in August and Talladega Speedway in October. For autograph requests and to join Max Tillman on social media, please like him on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at Max Tillman. That's M-A-X-T-U-L-L-M-A-N, all one word. Additional at-track updates can be seen on Twitter at Team Max Tillman. We are now proud to welcome Max Tillman into the Thunderdome. How are you doing this evening? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thank you. First off, can you tell us about how your weekend in Iowa went? Yeah, we um, first off, we had a we had an awesome team who uh, really just worked their butts off just to get get this whole program rolling. Um, it's something that Tolan Walker Racing has wanted to do for a while. You know, being involved in the IMSA GT3 Porsche Challenge. Um, so coming into NASCAR, we've uh, found it to be a, a lot of fun, and then uh, we just figured we'd start our own team. Um, so. And then going to Iowa, 
it's been uh i think it was just a successful weekend all the way around i i learned a lot personally as a driver and doug and i worked really well together he learned a lot about me that weekend too and that's what we came there for um just to to learn and just take as much as you can in and finish as much laps as you can and hopefully get to the checkered flag um Unfortunately, we made about 98% of the race. Um, we got caught up in something that wasn't our fault, um, was not avoidable, um, but I'm okay from that incident. I know the TV cameras didn't do on, uh, on film, but it was, uh, it was a hard lick, uh, front end uh, square hit into the wall. So um, it happens. It's racing. Um, we're keeping our heads high here. You know, it's just our uh, debut in the series. Um, just looking forward to Las Vegas and uh, see if we can get anything else going on for this year. Uh, um, just uh, just really proud of all the guys and um, how far we've come. I think it was uh, just a really overall uh, positive weekend. Just looking forward to keep on digging. I know you have a lot of experience in the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge, especially compared to your, to your limited amount of experience so far anyway in the stock cars. How do the stock cars compare to the IMSA IMSA series racing you've done? Yeah, they're, uh, it's probably the most uh, commonly asked question I get, actually, is, like, which which series do you like better? And, I mean, obviously, anything I race in, it's just the competitiveness. I love it. Um, so I'd say it's they're totally different race cars. Is, is it, you know, you, you're actually in a shop. You build a, you build a stock car as a team, right? And then you run the Porsches. You actually, as a team, you're purchasing a, uh, a vehicle from Porsche themselves and then they ship it to you and you kind of throw the doors on it and that's about it and you're regulated a bunch of different rules but uh, you know paddle shifter versus H pattern and there's so many different things and you know predominantly the, the IMSA cars are on road courses and of course I love road courses those are my probably favorite tracks to drive uh, I know everyone's headed to Washington Glen this weekend um, but as far as how, how the car drives it's totally different you know you got, you got the Porsches that are really just nimble, nimble beasts, you know, they got so much torque and, and you're, you know, you're banging through those gears real quickly through paddle shifters and you got big downforce wing and you're going a lot faster through the corners. It's a much lighter car and totally different tires. So it's a whole different game. And then coming from that series um, or anything on road courses that I've driven in the past, it's uh, coming to just a really heavy, clunky car that hasn't really changed much over the over years, you know. Um, like the chassis the under, underneath the car is mostly the same. Um, we have never, and you got Porsches with aluminum wheels, carbon fiber stuff and everything like that. I know the bodies on stock cars sometimes have carbon fiber pieces on them, but it ain't much. Um, you, you'd think that the big, heavy steel rims that they'd have, you know, you'd think they'd be gone by now, but it's all part of the part of the fans getting the fans involved, having them love pit stops. You know, you got to have the crew there, change the tires. You know, it'd be it'd be wouldn't be as entertaining if the tires weighed a pound each. You know, it'd be just like throwing throwing them over the wall and stuff. So um, it's a whole different uh, whole different playing field, and I've obviously been enjoying it. Uh, I want my my career to be in NASCAR, um, and I'm just just getting my feet wet and learning as much as I can, being a sponge out there. It's that's pretty much my goal this year is just come home, finish as many races as we can, um, take notes, and, and go to the next one and just keep keep repeating. Who's who your favorite race car driver? Uh, growing up, 
definitely, definitely Tony Stewart. I've always looked up to Tony. Um, not, I mean, he, he. I liked him as a driver. I liked his personality. Uh, you know, some people like Kyle Busch because of his his personality. Uh, but I think Tony is a person, and he's just a really cool guy. Uh, really good race car driver. You know, he's won in everything. He's won in Indy, Sprint cars, NASCAR, everything you can think of. Rolex. He's been there, done it, and um, I like that about him. Uh, that he's done everything and he's experienced it all. But he's also a really cool person off the track, and he's got a lot of uh, fundraisers that he's involved in, and likes to help out and do a bunch of charity events. Uh, it's really cool. He's a really, really. Uh, Really well-spoken guy, I think. Do you have any special rituals you go through on race day? Yeah. Um, I just started something new um, with, uh, it, as silly as it sounds, you know, food, what you eat before a race is so important, what you, what you hydrate yourself with, um, and, and your mental, your mentally, uh, Mentally, you got to be prepared to hop in that race car and do what you got to do. You got to do your job. So, been starting to eat some new foods before the race and and actually time it. You know, okay, I'm going to hop in practice in 15 minutes. Okay, I'm going to have a little bit of this and and some of that, or maybe maybe an hour before practice, I'm going to have some of this and that. So, there's a lot of that going on, and I'm trying to track that more um, so that I can sustain that energy in the car to uh, to wheel those big things around and and to to be be my best that I can be for the team and and for sponsors. Um, but you know, as soon as the helmet goes on and you get in the race car and you get, you know, you have, you know, your, your mic check, right. You got your crew chief in this case, Doug Richard, he's coming on saying, you got me, you know, uh, you know, 10, four, I got you. Um, I can hear you loud and clear. That, that's kind of right where it starts, where I get zoned in to, uh, to what I'm about to do, uh, to, you know, to focus and to be the best I can be on, on any given day. So if I got to go out there and practice and I got to feel the car out and, um, Doug says, hey, I want you to check this change for me. I did this, 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 and that. Let me know how it feels. Um, so that, that's that's usually when I get zoned in is when that helmet comes on and, and that first mic check. That's when I know it's, uh, you know, everything outside of me. Um, maybe it's this fan outside the window, photographer outside the window, just kind of, kind of let them be um, and, uh, and really just get to focusing. And where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, five years from now, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of goals. I wanna. I was supposed to have started the. Uh, I was supposed to have run the Daytona Rolex um, 24 hour race uh, this past year. Uh, did not happen. We had the car and everything. The team. It was going to be under Tolman Walker Racing in a Porsche GT3R. And my dad got in a really bad accident at Watkins Glen. He's fully recovered from that. Uh, so expect us to be be doing some stuff like that when and weather tech uh come next year but um that's definitely a goal of mine i want to i want to have completed uh 24 hours at daytona um it's just a just a long i mean it's a it's a long race for everybody uh the team sponsors long 24 hours it takes takes forever to get the car ready you got the you got the um the road before the race starts you know practice and all that stuff so that's something i'd like to do i, I see myself Really, though, getting fully uh, immersed in the stock car world and NASCAR, I'd like to be. Um, I'd like to be racing in five years. I just want to continue racing, whatever it is, racing, preferably NASCAR. And if it's not NASCAR, I would like to be racing in sports cars because you know that's that's where 
that's where my heart is. That's where I've, I've grown up racing and road course racing is probably some of the toughest, most challenging racing there is. Um, I go, it's not much of a ritual, um, to your last question, but I, I, I usually do a track walk. Um, when I go to the track, I haven't walked in like the oval tracks. I, I walk Michigan, um, just to feel those bumps, you know, that transition, Hey, where can I get that extra degree of banking where I can get more grip? Um, but I do that at all my, uh, road course races I go to. So like VAR, Watkins, Glen, most four, Coda, all those tracks. I walk those tracks and, and take pictures and look at my turning points. They're, so they're really just like the technicality um, of a road course is what I like most. Um, so if I'm if I'm racing anything in five years, I'd be I'd be happy. I just like being in the car, having a team, and and having fun. Um, having fun racing with my dad too. He he races with me, and we always have a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to continuing my my passion for the next five years. You mentioned your interest in road courses. How do you feel about the uh, the new improved roval they put in at the Charlotte Motor Speedway? Yeah, I I, uh, I thought about running it. Um, thought about running Watkins. I mean, I actually had planned had all planned for this year, um, and we got we've executed it perfectly throughout the year. And that was on there, but it ended up I didn't need to run it um, any of the road courses. So I am running most for it. Um, up in Canada, but yeah, the road is going to be interesting. I watched some practice there, and um, I think, I think with the amount of cars that have already gone into the wall or made mistakes or brake failures, I think I think NASCAR is doing the right thing to to do those tests for Cup uh, to allow those teams to go there and test and to make mistakes so that they can come back and be stronger for the race. I think that's really smart, and I applaud NASCAR for that. Um, you know, they're making changes to the robo as they. They go throughout. I uh, know they were hopping over some curbs. They made the curbs bigger so that they wouldn't jump over the curbs and whatnot. But I think uh, I think it's going to bring a lot of fans. I hope hopefully it does. Um, it's going to be really cool uh, to see where um, the RVs end up parking because uh, the parking lot is right next to the I think it's turn three and four. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the most exciting turns and where you're going to see possibly like a last lot pass. Um, but uh, the speeds are the closing speeds are, are super fast and. You know, you're going upwards of 180 miles an hour, similar to Watkins Glen, but it's you're on a bank, you know, you're on banking. So um, it'd be interesting. I know we're seeing some rain coming this weekend for Watkins Glen, possibly. You may end up seeing some rain at the at the Roval race, which would be mm-hmm. which would be crazy. I, I think rain racing is fun to equalize at the field, but I think you'll see a lot of uh, carnage if, if that's what ends up happening. Uh, as far as the Xfinity series. In the Roval, I, I truly think that what we've seen in the Cup Series, um, that you probably should, they, NASCAR should have an Xfinity Series test. I know there's no Cup drivers in there, so it wouldn't be an unfair advantage if they had Cup drivers in there. And the Cup guys got some experience on the Roval, and the Xfinity regulars did not. But I think I think NASCAR should mandate a test um, just by looking at craziness that's been going on during the tests that they've had. I think they've had like. You know, three or four of them already. If I forget, um, but it's it's going to be a very very aggressive race. I think it's going to be very demanding, and, that, and then you'll see. You might not see the best car win. You might see you know someone who's halfway mid pack car. Um, but you'll definitely you'll definitely be seeing a lot of actions. I can't wait for the fans. I think you definitely will be seeing some other tracks um, if we have success with this race and brings a lot of fans. I think it'd be uh, pretty smart for some other tracks to have infall, to have rovals, right? Infield, infield uh, courses maybe 
Indy or maybe even Daytona because um, it's nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, you might be seeing some more. I think it'd be really cool for the fans and something different. You know, we need something different to to um, get more fans involved in the sport. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'd be incredible for them to have something like that at Daytona or uh, uh, another track that has an infield road course. Well, let me throw you out to my uh, co-host, Michael Mullally, who has a couple questions for you as well. If you could own any car in the world, what would it be? Uh, hands down, a Porsche 918 Spider. Probably one of the most beautiful cars I've ever driven. Uh, me being a Porsche guy, uh, you know, just absolutely, I don't know if, you've, if anyone's ever seen one, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen pictures of it, but to see it in person and, and to see how big those tires are and, and just like an elegant, it's just a piece of art, honestly. It's just beautiful. And I know it's not something that anybody wants to think about, but if you weren't racing, what would you be doing? If I wasn't racing, what would I be doing? Um, yeah, you got to always have that backup plan. You never know. Um, something, something, is, something like a crash could happen. You might be, you know, not able to race or, you know, you might never have a sponsor or something like that. So definitely in the back of us, uh, race car driver's mind, even though we don't want it to be. It is, um, I think personally, you know, I've got a, I've got a whole book of things that uh, one of my friends growing up and I, like, we always talked about ideas and stuff we, we'd do and businesses and companies we'd start. And that's kind of, I feel like a lot of people got ideas like that. But I, I've got um, got some good ideas in, in a notebook that I'd probably whip out and start doing. Um, I'd, I'd definitely do them right now if I could, if I had the time to do it. So. I think if I wasn't racing, I'd dedicate the time to just checking off some of those things in my notebook. And I know that you just a few moments ago mentioned getting the fans more involved in the sport. Do you have any ideas of your own to do? Yeah, there's, um, I've got, Oh, there's there's a million ideas out there. You could execute all of them, but you won't get the data you need to you need from it after just one race. You got to have a whole year, and to do that, there's so much to change. Um, I know some people are saying, "Oh, I think it's the it's this and that," and then um, you get big arguments about it. But I think it's just I don't think it's the drivers. I don't think you know. I think the drivers are all doing their good job. I think you know, I think everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. So they're, they're kind of just sitting here like, well, I don't know what to do, but, um, I don't know. I think it needs to be something bigger than, than at track events or, um, I think all the people that are at the events, like sponsors, like, you know, you got the, you know, Overton's 150 and all those people they've come. I think they're doing great job and they're getting out of it what they want, um, for a marketing standpoint, but maybe, um, there's some bigger ideas I have. I think NASCAR could restructure itself uh, to fans um, so they'd be part of NASCAR. And by that, I mean, I think maybe maybe NASCAR could uh, could allow fans to own a piece of NASCAR. You know, say, that'd be cool for fans to say, hey, I own NASCAR. And I'll talk about that briefly, but um, I think uh, – so like I'm, it, this happens more with road courses, I think, than it does ovals. And you'll understand what I mean in a second when I say this. But um, like tracks like VIR and, and uh, my home track, New Jersey Motorsports Park, and all those road courses, they've got memberships um, to those those 
uh, tracks. So, you know, you've got certain membership years, you pay a fee for the year, and you show up, you got lunch, whatever else you need, support. And um, I think I think it'd be really cool if NASCAR went to something like, you know, you don't have to be buying tickets and sweet passes for and all that stuff. You, you just kind of have a flat rate fee for the year for fans. Um, but there still also be the option if they don't want to have that year, you know, you can buy a pass for for the weekend and you can get through all three series and, you know, you get you through food and um, I don't know. I just, that's just some ideas I have. And, and that way you, you, you have, have a membership card for the year and that you're, you're actually investing in NASCAR as a whole. Um, I don't know. Just, just a not just an idea I had. I, I, I got a ton more, but I probably just talked your ear off about them. <laughs> well, I mean, that sounds like a good idea, so you should pursue it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Definitely an idea to um, to talk to some people about. Doesn't hurt. And then my final question for you tonight: What is the most rewarding part about being a race car driver? Oof. Uh, I just I just think it's I think you know the back to what you're just saying about fans, like how can we bring more fans in? Like I would love to have more fans. Like I, I take time to sign as many autographs as I can. Uh, I take time to do whatever I can to, to please the fans. So like I, I had a kid the other day um, when I was walking up the driver intros. Um, I tried to sign as many of them as I could. I signed some Yeti cups, hats, you name it, flags. Um, you know, they had all these U.S. cellular flags and so I made sure I signed them all. Um, but I gave you know, it's just the small things in the sport that 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 are really rewarding to be a driver to see someone else smile. Like I, I had this little kid, and he was pretty happy. Um, so I signed his Yeti cup, and then his sister right next to him was like, "Oh, like he's you know big fan. He's yeah, signed this." And I thought, of course I signed it. And then um, I gave him my hat. So I gave him my hat and signed my hat. Um, I think you know just Aww. making that connection uh, to the fans. Like you know they smile, they're happy. And you can see it in their face, and that's how you that's how you a make fans and and keep fans, and that's how you also keep fans in the stands. So um, small things like that, I think, are uh, really important for the drivers to communicate through through the fans and to have that relationship because um, they get to they get to see who you are through social media. Um, they get to see who you are at the racetrack, but they actually can't see you. Like they can't see your face while you're going around the racetrack. They can't, you know. So that that time that we have that you know to walk to driver intros and sign some stuff for fans or to you know to, even if you're just walking around I know I uh, signed a bunch of hero cards at Talladega at Talladega Boulevard for some fans and I mean they just love it you know they don't they just they love that you're here talking to them and and uh, taking time to hang out with them so I think that's all all good and uh, dead in the sport. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program this evening and wish you lots of luck next year. Hopefully, maybe we can have you on the program after the different race and a little bit, or, uh, a little bit more about your sports car work and all that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Thank you, guys, well, thank for, you very uh, much. for having me on the show tonight. Stay dry. Yeah, we'll try to. <laughs> Thanks again. Have a nice evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. 
Once again, that was Max Tolman. That was a great interview with Max Tolman. He seems like an awesome guy. He has a great, lot of really, really great ideas, and he's definitely the future of auto racing in the United States of America, both in NASCAR as well as in the International Motorsports Association. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Molly or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd now like to go into a little bit of a discussion about the health of NASCAR, some sponsor issues and other things that have come up in the past weeks. Um, let's start out a little bit about Max Tolman, who was on just the uh, just a second ago. He had a little bit of a, a falling out with some of the people on NASCAR about the uh, the NASCAR media, if you will, about the fact that he, he just started his team. His father is the, the major investor in the team, and he's gone in uh, basically full full speed there to try and have a full x media effort, uh, if not this year, the next year. Um, he has a uh, main crew chief, Doug Root, with a long history in the sport. And there's been some questions about where he he has the right to be in, in NASCAR. And after his interview, I have no question he does. Um, but there has been some questions about the fact that, was, that his father basically bought his way into the series now. I totally agree with that because, as as I stated, he did he brought up some points. He has a, a passion for the sport. He has a passion for the, for racing, both on uh, in sports cars as well as in NASCAR. But I was curious, how do you feel about the about the uh, some of the allegations that they that NASCAR is now just a, a pay as you go type series? I think that a lot of people, if they could afford to go buy a team outright, a lot of people would pay to race the series. And honestly, that's like the only way a lot of people would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I mean, like, it's no different than like like the ones who are racing like under the big names. I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with it, and I know my dad's told me time and time again that he could afford his own team. We'd be racing the series too. So mm-hmm. I think if you got the money to do it, I don't think there should be any. Um, what's for looking forward? If you have the money to do it, I don't think there should be anything wrong with it. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, but it, it there has to be a little bit of a talent level as well because if the guy can't, if the guy just gets into the car and he can't keep up with the rest of the field and all that, that turns into a whole different thing. I've seen that in, uh, especially in small tracks at the, uh, the race there, the World Championship of Asphalt we went to at New Smyrna Speedway. There were a few cars that were the the people who basically just bought, bought the car the night, and they were just going around in circles and they were basically a rolling obstacle for the the more professional drivers who were in the series. So they run that risk as well. Yeah, that is true. But, I mean, at the same time, like, if they're worried about that, then maybe they should go back to or having, like, stiffer, I don't know. Like, you have to race to get in, typically. Mm -hmm. So if they can't keep up with the field, they're not going to make it in anyway. So basically, I mean, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I do see what you're saying. 
Yeah, and I think that sort of issue doesn't so much in NASCAR as it comes up in other smaller series. Um, but the fact that the NASCAR definitely has a problem, and I'm happy that Mike Stelman was able to address that, at least in part. Um, the fact that they're not they're not getting as many people in the grandstands. You can tell that anytime you go to a race yourself or anytime you watch one on TV, especially with the blimp shots and all that, you can see that, that more than half of the grandstands are empty. And that's not a sustainable model for any form of racing, whether it's the, the really big big uh, NASCAR type things or IndyCar or even NHRA, which doesn't really have that, much, that problem very much. But it, it's definitely not sustainable for smaller racing. And uh, and we've had that issue, that discussion on the program before as well, where it just seems like there needs to be a be something that changes, no matter what sort of change it is, in order to try and bring more people into the into the grandstands to fill out the fields, and to uh, and not only fill up the grandstands but increase the ratings on TV. Because even though um, IndyCar and other things are starting to increase, they're still not as high as they were maybe. Well, 15 years ago, and uh, and the it seems like they're still trying to pay the drivers the same amount. They're definitely charging the uh, the spectators the same amount as they were 15 years ago, and it's just not a sustainable sustainable. Role. Hopefully something changes. I think that uh, that with people like Max Tillman and other guests, other people we've talked to as well, as long as they end up bringing forth their ideas and don't just fall into the into the NASCAR everything's fine idea that they they tried to put out during the state of the sport thing the other day, um, then then things will change, things will improve. But if they keep going on the way they're going now, it's just a downward spiral, and it's it's definitely not good. So. Let's move on to our next guest. Yeah. The next guest on yeah, the program tonight is Chad Finley. The last name Finley is known for one thing, winning. Second-generation driver, Chad Finley has continued his family's winning ways. Finley, a NASCAR Camping World Truck Series driver, began his racing career at the age of 10. Finley entered in the East Lance Park Track Championship points his first season and won the championship the following year. He won the Great State Sprint, Sprint Series Championship and finished sixth at the World Carring Association in 2005. In 2006, Finley made a 12-size stock car debut at the ASA Late Model Series. His first full season in the 12-size stock car came in 2007, and at the age of 15, he won the Outlaw Super Late Model Rookie of the Year Award at Spartan Speedway, Michigan. 2008 saw many first for Finley. He scored his first career Outlaw Super Late Model feature win at Spartan Speedway, Michigan, and then victory lane again just a couple months later, this time driving a template pro late model in the super pro late model series. In 2009, Finley Finley made the jump to the ARCA Racing Series, driving for NASCAR Sprint Cup driving in Brad Keselowski. He won a pole award at Rockingham Speedway in North Carolina, scored one top top five finish, and three top tens in just four starts that season. Finley made seven starts in the ARCA Racing Series in 2010, where he tied his career-best finish of thirds twice. Those two top three finishers came at Rocky Amp Speedway and Pocono Raceway. Chad also raced events at major NASCAR venues such as Texas Mars Speedway and Michigan Air National Speedway. In 2011, Finley competed for the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour Championship, finishing third in the overall point standings with five top five finishes and eight top ten finishes. He scored two season-high second-place finishes at Lucas Oil Raceway in Indiana, and Dixie Moore Speedway in Michigan, respectively. 
2012, Finley scored his first career win in the JAG-CRA All-Stars Tour at Columbus Motor Speedway, Ohio. He also won the Fast Qualifier Award in both the ARCA-CRA Super Series and JAG-CRA All-Star Series and finished the year with four top-five finishes and seven top-ten finishes. In 2013, Finley ran events in both the ARCA-CRA Super Series and the JAG-CRA All-Star Tour winning two races in the Jake for CRA All-Stars Tour. He collects five top five finishes as well as eight top ten finishes that season as well. At South Alabama Speedway, Finley broke the track record during the 37th running of the Rattler 250. In 2014, Finley posted many solid finishes in both pro and super late model races around the country. He also ran select races in the NASCAR k Pro Series. At the end of that season, he moved to Mooresville, North Carolina, where he expanded Chad Finley development. 2015 saw his return to NASCAR, this time in the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series. Finley's work and, de- and determination is finally paying off, and in a couple minutes we'll be talking to him on this program. For right now, let's go ahead and listen to a brief selection from Braun Pastana and Pit Crew. Let's go ahead and listen to Last When You Crash. Last 
Once again, that was Last Friendly Crash from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. We were happy to talk to Max Tolman a few moments ago. Max Tolman, the latest up-and-coming driver in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, perhaps the future of the certainly we hope so here on the program. We are currently standing by to talk to Chad Finley, who's a racer, been, in, been involved in the NASCAR Truck Series the past few years. Uh, he had a a lot of he also does a lot of dirt racing both in the uh, in an awful lot of different series and that sort of thing and we're hoping to talk to him momentarily while we stand by go ahead and talk a little bit about this weekend's action the uh, this and the NASCAR NASCAR mm-hmm. NASCAR is going to be in Watkins Glen this weekend but uh, we're not going to talk about it right now we're going to talk about the uh, NHRA, which is going to be at the, in Seattle at Pacific Raceways for the Northwest Nationals. And our co-host, Michael Mullally, will be out there representing the program, as well as SpeedwayDigest.com. For the, I believe this is the second or third year she's gone out there on behalf of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder. So what are your plans for the weekend at the Pacific Raceways? Well... I don't plan to sleep because I doubt my dad is going to let me. <laughs> but, yeah, he's one that thinks that we got to get up three, like tomorrow. It takes us probably two and a half hours to get to Seattle from where we live. And I was just reading through my email, and, like, everything starts around, you know, like 10, 11. And he's like, no, we got to leave at 6 in the morning. Like, for why, you know, like, I don't even get up that early for work, but that's besides the point, and I don't know, I just, I'm hoping that it's fun, but I know that it's pretty smoky and stuff, so I don't think the air quality is going to be of what it could be, but I did look at the weather, and it doesn't seem like the weather is going to be too terrible. I did hear that there might be a little bit of rain in the forecast for Friday, so we shall see. But the other days don't look too hot, so maybe there will be some good racing. The weather sure is looking promising. Picks for the uh, the classes. Who do you think is going to do the best out there? I don't know. I know it seems like, well, it doesn't seem like, but the last couple times we went out there, Antron Brown has won in top fuel. So I know he does really good out there, but with the fact that there's been, like, so many different winners this season and so many, like, repeat winners, it's literally anybody's game. Do you think that John Force will be able to qualify, and do you think he'll actually be able to stay off the wall for the entire weekend? I think he'll qualify. I don't think there's really, I don't think there's a question. I mean, I think he'll qualify, but whether he stays off the wall is another one, because it doesn't seem like the forces, at least in Funny Car, have had the greatest of luck as of late, and I believe... It was two years ago that Courtney Forrest actually hit the wall at Pacific Raceway. So they don't seem to be having the best of luck at Pacific Raceway. So I don't know if I would pick John Forrest 
to win, I think he'll qualify. I don't know if I'd pick him to win, even though, of course, we all like to see him win. But he might surprise us. Some might say the force is no longer with John Force in the in the NHRA series. Yeah. I, yeah, and isn't it kind of sad, but all good things have to come to an end, unfortunately. I think that the uh, the the best bet might be to bet on the on the people who actually have the same same sponsor as the this weekend's actions. All the cat spot drivers have been doing really well so far this year, both in top fuel as well as in funny car. So that could be a uh, might be interesting to see how well they do. Well, we will definitely find out, and I will be paying extra attention. There you go. Pick up lots of free cat litter. Lord knows we could use it. <laughs> there you go. It's going to be a an interesting weekend of racing. I think that the the road course there in Watkins Glen should be pretty good. As you stated, the it's not only going to be as rain where you are, but there's a chance of rain in the New York area, a really big chance of rain, if you believe some of the stuff that's been on the news in the mornings lately. Um, so they might actually get to use their windshield wipers out there at Watkins Glen. That would be pretty cool. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Watkins is not, not exactly the best road course that they go to. I think that the, the one there in Charlotte is probably a little bit better than Watkins. At least there's more turns. Watkins Glen just seems like it's a, a glorified oval that's got, they added like one or two extra turns in just to make it make it better for NASCAR. Um, the old course is awesome, but NASCAR would never use a course that has that many bank turns and that sort of thing in a road course. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. It's always a an interesting race in, in, the, in the Finger Lakes region there of New York. Um, just some interesting ones about and on all of the promos I've been doing, saying it seems like it's a, a rest where they all try and bump each other out of the way. Hopefully it's not that bad because they've had a couple of those races recently, and it hasn't been the... It might be entertaining for, for replays, but it's not entertaining when you're watching it live. So hopefully it's a, a race that comes out pretty well. What kind of times do you estimate they're going to be running there in, in uh, at the Pacific Raceways this weekend? Are there going to be any, any uh, record runs, or is it all going to be about the same as it has been the past few weeks, where they're sort of just sort of making the runs and doing fairly well, but nothing spectacular. Well, I think with if the weather cooperates, which it might and it might not, it's very unpredictable. But I think you'll see some record passes. But if it doesn't cooperate, then I think you'll probably see some pretty average stuff that you've been seeing throughout the year. So... Let's just hope for the weather to cooperate because we all like those record-breaking passes. Mm-hmm. Should be pretty good with the uh, with the the motorcycles, especially because they have that huge. I think it's twenty-five thousand dollars for everybody who goes over two hundred miles an hour. So, should be pretty awesome. Wow, wouldn't that be nice? Don't you wish you could go over two hundred miles an hour and get twenty-five thousand dollars? I do, but I'd I'd like to have a lot of safety equipment, more than they have for the the guys who are sitting on top of those motorcycles, which is basically them and a bunch of really heavy 
other equipment. Yeah, you couldn't pay me to ride one of those. Well, we're standing by for Finley to call in. I just heard from his agent, so he's going to be calling in momentarily. Let's go ahead and play a short selection of, from Ron Pastana and the pit crew and hope that he calls in rather quickly. Let's go ahead and go with short track racing, and we'll probably interrupt it as soon as he calls into the program. This is Short Track Racing from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. Well, that was a really quick ob- thing from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. Um, as we have Chad Finley on the line, let's go ahead and welcome Chad Finley to the program. Hey, man, it's good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing this evening? Hey, uh, I forgot all about you guys. I'm actually putting a dirt car together right now. I'm trying to make it to the racetrack tomorrow, so I've been super busy putting the motor in that thing, and Hopefully getting ready to go for tomorrow. No problem. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling in this evening. What racetrack are you going to be at tomorrow night? Merritt Speedway up here by uh, Holton Lake, Michigan. Cool. And how did you get your start yeah. in racing originally? Uh, started with my family. They started racing probably back in the 80s, early 80s and stuff. Started with my dad. He got into it, and uh, so did my uncle. And it's just kind of something I've always wanted to do and kind of where I ended up. I know you've had a busy few weeks. Get a busy, busy weekend coming up. Uh, you've been bouncing around from the truck series, late models, and back and forth on pavement as well as on dirt tracks. Which one do you prefer? Uh, it doesn't really matter, you know. Uh, as long as I'm driving something, uh, dirt racing is a super humbling sport, as most people could probably attest to that have been a part of it. Um, you can be really good one night, and then you can come back the next night and be absolutely terrible. So it's a uh, I would say it's more humbling than paper racing is, but uh, I'm more than happy to drive anything. Uh-huh. I had the opportunity to go to, out to the uh, the dirt races earlier in the year at the Volusia Speedway. Uh, have you ever been yeah. out for that? Mm-hmm. I've never been out there. We were supposed to go, and we just didn't make it in time. But we were, we were going to go see a couple races there. Maybe we'll race there maybe uh, next February. Awesome. How do you feel about the recent changes in ARCA, including the compo- composite bodies, Elmore engines, and the fact that NASCAR now owns the series? Uh, the motors and the bodies are for sure an improvement. I think you've seen, you know, there's a, a series where maybe two or three cars could win to where, you know, 12, 10 to 12 cars could win. It's still pretty narrowed down to, you know, six or eight cars that are probably going to win. You know, there's a few others there who could... Uh, do something with strategy or something like that. So it's more competitive for sure. Um, it's made it way more cost-effective compared to the payout. So that's super important in any kind of racing. So it's a for sure improvement. Um, as far as the NASCAR thing, we'll see. Um, another one, do some stuff with the K&N series and the ARCA series. There's talks of maybe, you know, trying to combine those two series. So that'll be interesting. We'll see what happens there, and uh, hopefully it's uh, for the best. What's your opinion of Mason Mitchell Motorsports announcing their closure this week? 
I had no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm not on my phone a lot. I'm, I work all day, and so I don't really get on my phone. I had no idea. That's not very good to hear. Nation's team has been a part of the Arca Series for a very long time, and uh, that's, that's just unfortunate to hear. How many events do you compete in each season? I know you race. Me, I, yeah, I'm not really sure. We don't really count them for sure. Um, like this year, I'm going to do three, maybe four truck races. And uh, I've already ran one arc race, and we blew a left front in MIS. And so uh, outside of that, I normally, I normally run my dirt car two times every weekend if I'm home. So it's uh, we bought a used car here over the winter, and it's just been a struggle. So putting a brand-new car together right now and hopefully we'll have it ready for tomorrow we just started the motor up for the first time so we're getting ready to scale it here as soon as i'm done with this and what's your favorite racetrack favorite racetrack's the next one man um you know that's just how i've always been um it can go very good or very bad it it doesn't change my mind Um, i'm just always looking forward to the next opportunity to race again okay and now let me throw you out to my my there's a couple questions for you as well all right man sounds good thank you in your opinion, what does the future look like for racing as a whole? What do you mean, like as far as like what's it look? Like? I mean, as far as like like I know at least in Washington State, there's only maybe four local tracks left. Okay. Yeah, so, up here in Michigan, there's a there's a lot of um, variety of variety of racetracks where. Um, where I live, there's about mm, ten, probably ten tracks within an hour and a half of here. Um, probably three or four pavement ones and uh, five to seven dirt ones. Um, a couple I've never been to, but uh, short track racing is a big thing in Michigan. It always has been. Um, you know, my family's always always been involved in it, and yeah, but it's it's tapering off. It's the car count's kind of gone down, and, and there's just things that need to be done. You know sports all about people so there just needs to be some people change here or there or some ideas need to be changed to you know um keeping things up for your local local short tracks all the way from the uh all the way from the track itself to the pits to the grandstands there's uh, there's a lot of improvements that need to be made and if you could give any advice to someone wanting to get into racing what would that advice be that advice would be, you know, just never give up. Those people who are, who can tell you what you can and can't do. The only people, the only person who actually knows what you can and can't do is yourself. So don't let people tell you any different. Um, just always keep your head down and keep working, and uh, always believe in yourself and and just know that it's a very humbling sport to be a part of, and, and it has ups and downs. And there's sometimes a lot more downs than there's ups, and then other days there's a lot more ups than there's downs. So um, just it's a roller coaster. I talk to people all the time. You know, they ask me about it, and we'll be very good one week, and then you'll come back next week, and you'll have a bad week, and that's how it is. So, it's uh, very humbling, very inexpensive sport. So, uh, my advice would just to be, you know, just to let anybody tell you what you can or you can't do. And my final question for you this evening: What is your craziest racing moment? My craziest racing moment. Mm. I don't know. There, uh, there have been too many. I've been pretty fortunate to where I haven't gotten too many accidents and stuff like that. So my craziest race moment would probably be I took over at uh, Winchester in 2011. 
Grayson Eddie Hoffman for the lead. So that's that's probably probably takes the cake on that one. Well, we'd like to thank you much for coming out, calling in this evening, and good luck with your new car tomorrow night. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully, hopefully you guys have a good night. Yep, thank you. You too. All right. Once again, that was Chad Finley, who's working on his race car as we were talking to him. He has a uh, a great history in motorsports, and he's got they uh, pretty much got his hand in all the different race series. So that's pretty awesome to talk to him tonight, and we'd like to thank him for taking the time. Tomorrow is a big day for racing as well. Uh, tomorrow night they've got the morning rather they've got a state of the sports address for the international. Sports Association. So that'll be kind of interesting. That takes place, I believe, before 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. We've got a, a little bit of a thing there at 8.30. So it's a reception. It'll be kind of interesting to see how that goes. I know the International Motorsports Association has some problems of its own. Uh, one of the biggest being the fact that the the uh, they're going to make announcements possibly with the, uh, the future of prototypes. Uh, working with the the P2s and the Daytona prototypes. The, uh, so that will be interesting. They might actually split those two series into two separate entities, which I don't think is a good idea because the P2s have a really short, uh, short-term future in Europe especially. And I don't think that it will work out very well for IMSA if they end up doing, doing that. Um, so we'll see how that goes tomorrow. Um, Personally, I think the Daytona prototypes are a better car. Uh, They're sort of the the car of tomorrow type thing where they've got the the two bodies. They've got engines that can be be swapped out basically from NASCAR engines going into the cars, and they're they're still pretty cool looking. So they're not as hard to work on, but they're they're still pretty much a state-of-the-art type car. So that's kind of cool. I've always thought that 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 the Daytona prototype was was an interesting car. Also, the other big big news, which we didn't touch on with uh, with either of our guests this evening, is the fact that Mazda has ended its uh, its title sponsorship for the Mazda Road Indy, effective at at the end of this season, which takes place in a few weeks. Uh, basically, it takes place in one month at the uh, the Portland Air National Raceway. Um, that was kind of a sudden thing, I believe, as well, because they didn't mention any of that in the IndyCar release, which was out the next day about the fact that they're trying to expand Indy Lights and they actually mentioned the Mazda Road to Indy by name and you'd think that the the fact that Mazda is, is ending their support of that series after nine years um, might have made it into that press release as well if they had been known about it themselves. Um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of power plants they go with for the cars in the Formula 2000 as well as the Indy Lights and the uh, Pro Mazda which will it's been pro Mazda, I think, even longer than nine years. Uh, I'm pretty sure they end up going with like an Ilmore engine or something like that, um, which is the the standard now for the truck series as well as Arca. And uh, I'm pretty sure that'll be that's kind of what they've got in there now. Only they don't call it that. They basically have a Mazda branding, and I think going to an Ilmore, basically an un, unbranded engine, is the way to go. So that'll be interesting. And we already covered the fact that. That tomorrow morning, Mike will be heading out to the Northwest Nationals. So we hope she has a great weekend there, and it'll be an interesting race. 
Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read all the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. This past week has been a rather slow week for me in my other job, uh, so I've had lots of time to publish things on SpeedwayDigest.com in the racing news section, as well as a little bit in the in the truck series section and a teeny bit in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series section. So be sure to check that out at SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which we found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. We recently uh, ended one of our big contests of the summer, uh, literally a big contest. You consider the fact that it's going to its tickets for the the Meg movie, um, so that'll be awesome. We're going to head, head down to the uh, Auto Nation IMAX theater to see that on Monday, which is a few days before it opens to the general public. So that'll be pretty cool to see the fifty uh, some odd foot shark on a hundred foot screen. I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be awesome. Uh, we also have another contest tomorrow that ends as well, the Summer Staycation Contest, which I actually have a link for on the Speedway Digest, Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder Facebook page. Just look for that. It's the uh, the Summer Staycation Contest. ends tomorrow. We've got a lot of great prizes, and you have a little more than 24 hours to enter if you're interested. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night. Thanks again. <laughs>